Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. And welcome back to another episode of the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast. Yes, it's me, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. And I have with me today someone who I have had the luck, honor, privilege of knowing, I think for a little bit over a month now. Uh, Her name is Sharice Alexander, and we met by chance, but we have become like amazing, amazing friends, and we've never even met in person. So let me tell you, networking works, people. It works. And luckily, that is what Sharice is all about. So let me tell you a little bit about Sharice, and then we'll get started on this conversation. So Sharice Alexander is a business networking coach who helps entrepreneurs create profitable partnerships through authentic connection. Sharice went from being a PhD candidate at an Ivy League school to being homeless in New York City at the height of the 2008 recession. That experience taught her that while achievements and degrees are something to be proud of, human connection is the most valuable asset a person could have. She now teaches entrepreneurs the power of making a micro impact one person at a time in order to grow their network and their business. Welcome to the show, Sharice. Thanks so much, Jenny. I'm so excited to be here. We have just hit it off as fast friends. And so I am so excited to be on your show today and to be sharing with the listeners some little tips and tricks that I've picked up over the years. Oh, I I can't wait to because anybody who's listened to the podcast for any amount of time knows that I am a huge proponent of networking. And anytime I can help people get better at networking for the purpose of helping more people get their problems solved and get more people having successful businesses, I'm going to be all about that. So when I found out you were a networking coach, I was like, I've got to get her on the show so she can share some tips. So, but first we got to start with your story, Mm -hmm. how you went from a PhD candidate to homeless. You got to, you got to share that because this is, this is what started all of this for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in New York City and I was getting my PhD in medical microbiology. So I am a germ expert. And as I was there, you know, one of the reasons why I got into science is because I wanted to help people. It sounds like a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. Many, Uh many, many people go into many, many, many fields to quote unquote help people. So that's what I was trying to do. But once I got in there, I quickly realized that the way in which we do science It's sometimes a slow and plotting process, meaning that the information that I was creating was kind of like a brick in a cathedral. And I didn't Mm. know if it was the first brick or the last brick or more likely one of the 10 million bricks in the middle. And so the, the contribution I was making, while important, I probably wouldn't be able to see the value of that for who knows, like 150 years after I died or never. And so I started realizing, you know, I really want something that has a little more direct impact. I want to see that what I'm doing in the world affects other people in a positive way. And I want to see it before I die. So I started looking (laughs) for other ways to express that. And I got into teaching actually. And um, I became a professor, 
But before that, there was a little in-between time where I quote unquote went to find myself, which is how my mom puts it, (laughs) at the worst possible time, which was during the 2008 recession. So I left graduate school early. I didn't end up getting my PhD. I got a master's instead. Mm -hmm. And I left the program because I was just like this. I don't, I don't want this. Like I don't, I thought I wanted this lifestyle. I did a ton of research before I got here. And now that I'm here, I don't like it. (laughs) I want something different. And so, um, I, I went to find myself and I found myself not able to find a job, not at McDonald's, not at Starbucks, nowhere, because there just were no jobs. Yeah. And then I found myself sitting on a street corner, like crying, sitting on a suitcase, one lone suitcase with all my earthly possessions. And I was like ugly crying too. And this is like on a street corner in like Brooklyn. And I am not a big crier and I certainly do not cry in public, but I was sitting on my suitcase on a street corner in Brooklyn, boo-hoo sobbing, ugly cry, snot and everything, talking on the phone to my mom, just feeling like I have failed in life. Like, how did I get Mm. to this? to this situation. And I was contemplating going to a homeless shelter or maybe coming back to California, which is where I'm from. And I was just like, I I don't know. And this was like a Sunday and I had just gotten a job as a professor that was going to start that next Tuesday. And so I was talking to my mom and I was just like, I I'm just, I don't know. I messed this whole thing up. Like I'm just such a failure, such a loser. Like, I don't even know. And you know, my mom was quiet for a minute. And then she said, you know what? I really think you need to take this opportunity to become a professor because if you don't, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And honestly, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So if you think you can make it in the shelter, I think you should. And it was just brilliant advice. And I, and I, you know, was quiet for a minute. And then my mom was like, "Never mind, never mind, just come home. You know, because she thought like maybe, <laughs> maybe that was a big like mom mistake because my, my response was like dead silence. But I was like, no, no, no. Like I was just thinking like, yeah. you're right. I would, I would absolutely regret that for the rest of my life. So I took her up on that. I went to a homeless shelter and I was sleeping at the shelter at night and working at the college campus during the day. And it was like a very emotionally and mentally challenging time for me. One particular night, I remember laying on this bloody cot in this converted warehouse at the end of Brooklyn. And it wasn't my blood, by the way. So that tells you kind of the condition of the, of the shelter. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know, that expression losing your mind. Yeah. I felt my mind slipping away. So I, I felt the origin of that expression happening to me. And I was just like, you know, I had a strong talk with myself and I was like, look, you know, kind of repeating my mom's word, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And you can decide if you want this to be your life. Like, do you want to be in the shelter for the rest of your life? Or do you want to say that this is the lowest point I will ever be in? And I can only go up from here. And I was looking around, there were a lot of women in the shelter who you could tell had been there forever and were planning to stay there forever. And to be fair, this is probably a step up from their previous condition and circumstance, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't for me. I wanted more for my life. And I was only 26 at the time. So I was like, do you really want this to be your life? Like you're 26. Do you want this to be the rest of your life sitting in this shelter, in this spot, like mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever. And I was like, no, I want more. And, and I kind of projected my mind into the future. What will life look like on my deathbed? And I thought, is it really going to matter how many degrees that I have on the wall? Is that what I'm going to be sad about? Like, oh, why didn't I get that PhD? I was like, no, I'm not going to care how many degrees are on the wall at all. I'm going to hope that my, on my deathbed, I'm surrounded by tons of people who are crying because they're sad because they're going to miss me because I actually had an impact on their lives. So I was like, you know what? Let me just reframe that. My, my experiences that I, my accomplishments and everything else, they're great. But really what really, really matters is connection. That is what matters most. And I went into teaching as a professor with that complete mentality is that it's all about connection. And I can't tell you the number of emails and, and letters and everything else that I got from my students saying like, oh my gosh, you're such an amazing teacher and all this stuff just because I 
didn't treat them like numbers or like idiots, but I treated them as people worthy of respect and honor. And I connected with my students who at the time were also in their twenties. I was like the same age as all my students. Um, (laughs) So that was a little, but I looked like I was 12. So it was really weird (laughs) for, for them. At least it was really weird, but just that having that connection, I think just makes all the difference. It just makes all the difference. So that's kind of where this, this started my pivot to focusing on meaningful connections. Cause I really think at the end of the day, that's what matters. And all of the other stuff like money and accolades and yada, 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 any other like tangible physical thing I can point to is only fun because of who you get to share it with. Mm, which is a point of connection. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. love it. So as you've gone through and you're, you know, teaching now businesses, how to network, especially are you working with like solopreneurs, small business, like who, who are you typically teaching these networking connection? How are you coaching them? Basically? I work mostly with solopreneurs or with small business owners who have a really small team, like three to five. And that's because the tips that I'm teaching about connection, you cannot outsource to a VA. (laughs) right? When it comes to building relationships, you actually have to be in the driver's seat. And so I found that that's a little bit easier when someone's like a solopreneur or a small business owner, because they're doing it all anyways. And I feel like it's just making, it's just maximizing their time and efforts for them to be building relationships. They can always hire a VA to send emails, but when it comes to making those connections, like you kind of have to do it yourself. Exactly right. And I know probably quite a few of the people who are listening right now, the listener is thinking to themselves, hire a VA. What's a VA? (laughs) (laughs) So great. So then you're perfect for this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you don't know what that is, you're perfect for this strategy. (laughs) Exactly. Because here's the thing. When someone is in direct sales, when they're in network marketing, they are in business by themselves. They are an independent business owner or an independent contractor selling products or services for a company, right? Who has chosen Mm -hmm. not to have a brick and mortar location to sell their products or just sell them online. They want to actually use word of mouth networking to get Mm -hmm. the products out there, right? So learning how to network effectively is what's really going to make the biggest difference in your business. And from what I see, it's the biggest difference between people who succeed in network marketing or direct sales versus the people who don't. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, the, the Federal Trade Commission has put out a statistic saying that in the first five years, 90 percent of people have already left direct sales. Mm. Right. That the wow. turnover rate is 90 percent in five years. Right. Or less. So to me, the biggest difference is the people who are around for five years or longer are networking. They may not realize that that's what they're doing, but they've got to be networking in a way that's effectively building their business, right? Mm -hmm. So what we want to focus on today is really understanding, you know, how we define networking, right? And I love the way you talk about it as making micro impacts. I think that's brilliant. (laughs) So how, how have you come to be a business coach then from, you know, being a, 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 an expert on germs (laughs) into being a a business networking coach. What, what has that journey looked like so that we can then begin to delve into the networking part of this? Well, I've, I've always been an educator. I'm still an educator. Um, It's something that is just 
part of my fabric, the same way I'm still a scientist, like that's mm-hmm. always going to be there. It's just the way that I think and I work. I think over the years, what I've seen though is in science and in education is again, it's that, it's that micro impact and it's that connection piece that makes all the difference. So for science, very similar to direct sales, the scientists that are the most successful are the ones who can communicate most clearly and who mm. have a large network. It's not the ones who are the most brilliant. It's not the ones who have the greatest breakthroughs. It's not the ones with the best technical skills or, or research abilities, not at all. It's the people with the best connectivity, those who are most connected and who can clearly articulate what they do and why it's important. They get all the grants, they get all the funding because other people can understand them (laughs) because you can understand them. And then, and because other people like them and know them, like these are those quote unquote soft skills, but really they should be called advanced skills. These are the skills that you need to be successful in the world. And so as someone who is in direct marketing or direct sales, you're in a unique position to hone those skills, those skills that you can use any and everywhere. And that's really going to set you apart. I heard one of my mentors, his name is Jay Facet. He's the founder of JVology. Uh-huh. He, he often talks about this. Um, he talks about entrepreneurs. And I think this is especially relevant to people in direct sales. He talks about entrepreneurs being kind of bootstrapped or like DIY type people and how that, that can be a strength, right? Is that you can get yourself to do hard things. Right. But at the same time, he says the other side of that coin is that being that lone wolf, you don't run with the pack. Like you lose a lot of steam in trying to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. And you need to be able to rely on other people to help you. And that's really what networking is. Creating a network is creating a bunch of other people who know, like, and trust you, who want to support you and your business the same way that you support them and whatever they're doing. It's actually just like another word for community. And it's a more fun way to do things. Doing everything yourself is not how you get to the top of the leaderboard in any area of life. Mm. I mean, would, would you agree? Is that what you've seen? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's networking is a team sport. <laughs> it, it really is because as we all advance, you know, we just keep getting better and better and better at helping everybody be more successful, right? Because as you become better connected, right? You become not only the go-to person for the product or service that you sell, But then when you become known as the go-to person, because my gosh, Sharice knows everybody. Is there anybody she doesn't know? Is there any business that she doesn't have a connection to in some way, shape or form? Then you become the go-to person for everything. So when when they finally have the problem that you solve, guess who they go to? (laughs) You, Mm -hmm. right? And it's it's really beautiful because they're doing all the heavy lifting on your behalf, right? There's there's kind of like, you know, there's two ways to go about it. There's the slow way and there's the fast way. Mm-hmm. So the slow way is the one by one by one, picking up clients one at a time everywhere you go and you end up feeling spammy, right? You end up feeling Ugh. like some used car salesman, even though there's nothing wrong with used car salesman, but you know, the connotation that it's like scammy and spammy, you end yeah. up feeling like that. Cause every time you walk into a room, you go, okay, where's my target? Who can I find here? Who can I capture and bring back to my lair? And, it, yeah. and people, fe- people feel that from you and you feel it from yourself. And I'm sure you're not feeling totally awesome about that. Right. But the difference between that and having a network or having a community that supports you is that it's not a pushing thing, like pushing people into your, your cave. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like a, it's like a pulling thing. It's like an attraction thing. Like people are like, hey, have you met so-and-so? They do such and such and they do the heavy lifting for you. And then you just have to like kind of finish it up, you know? And even then you don't have to hold on so tightly to the results. 
you're just being open to what's out there. It gives you a much wider net when you don't have those lenses on of trying to see everyone as a potential client and how are you going to snag them? Oh my gosh. Yes. It, <laughs> that's one of the first things I, I typically work with my own clients on is, is understanding. Yes. I understand that everybody can use oils. Okay. And I'm just, guys, I'm not picking on oil distributors. Okay. I'm just, you got to pull mm -hmm. an example, right? So yes, everybody can use oils, right? But who are your absolute best clients, right? Because when you are trying to grab everybody, yes, you become that super spammy person, the, 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 to use the stereotype, you use the sleazy car salesman, right? Mm -hmm. And then nobody wants to talk to you. Right. And, and my goal for my own business was I never wanted to be the person that when they saw me coming down the aisle at the grocery store, that they would look at their list and magically the thing they needed was in the next aisle over. <laughs> right. I never and wanted to aisle be, you're in. It's going to be the next aisle over. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I never wanted to be that person. So my goal was to figure out how can I build a business without spamming people, right? Mm -hmm. I Now, did I maybe possibly make some of the mistakes that I've helped my clients to try and avoid? Yes, because I'm saying, please let me shorten your learning curve because mama mm -hmm. screwed it up 10 years ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I tried mean, me as well. Thing. Me as well. So many right? things where I'm like, oh, that was horrible. And even while I was doing it, I was like, this doesn't feel right, but that's what everybody else says I should do. So, okay, I'll do it that way. And then it's like, no, I, no, I just shouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> like that was a horrible decision. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, like to use the oils example, imagine going to your very best clients and saying, Hey, like, let's do this thing up even bigger. Who do you know who loves oils? Like let's all work together to build everything, which I know is, is like a big part of, of direct sales is, is mm -hmm. being able to pull in other people into your team. But like the reason why that works the reason why it works when it works is because you're finding super fans who can yes. go out and be advocates versus finding everyone in the world and being like, Hey, do you want to tell them about my oils? Do you want to tell people about my oils you, and trying to make them your used car salesman? <laughs> it's like, if you don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. But if you're like obsessed with your oils and you've got a client who's obsessed with your oils mm -hmm. and you know, that's the person that you want to focus on partnering with and building up and, and pouring into because they're already, because they're genuine. That's really right. like what we're coming down to is they're genuine. And that's what makes all the difference in the world between spammy and helpful. The difference yeah. between those two things is being genuine. Absolutely. That, that authenticity factor that, that, that we brought up in your bio is huge. I mean, mm -hmm. it's absolutely, it, it's huge. You have to actually care about the other person more than you care about the outcome of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Totally. Right? Totally. It's got to be that. So knowing this, what are, what are some of the biggest networking mistakes that you see from people in direct sales? I know we've kind of touched on them, but mm -hmm. what are, if you had to cut it down to maybe, you know, three or four or whatever, what would you say are the biggest mistakes people make when they're, when they're networking? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first one we did touch on, but I will repeat because it's that important. Mm -hmm. And that is to focus on one of the mistakes I see is people focus on the product instead of the person, right? That's when you come across spammy. So that's when you're like, you know, just to use the oils example. And I have a friend who, who does oils and the oils are amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but she's never been like, 
take more oils. Like she's never done that. Right. She's, she's never, she's never pushed me. And so I'm cool with it. But had she pushed me even once, like I would run away from it. Um, but yeah, so focusing on the, the product instead of the person is a huge mistake that a lot of people make because you're very, you know, if you're very passionate about the product, it makes sense. You're excited about it. You're passionate about it. You want to share it. And that's awesome. And you should, because that's coming from a place of authenticity. In addition though, like what Jenny just said, you have to be listening to the other person. Like, what do they need? What are they looking for? Are they interested at all? Are their eyes glazing over? Are they changing the subject? Then don't keep talking about it, right? Like they're not into it and maybe they will be later. But if you keep talking, they won't be later, right? Like right now it's like a question mark. And if they're yeah. not super excited about it, you can change the subject and come back to it later. But if you keep harping on it, it's going to become a locked door, right? It's going to get to the point where like, I don't even want to talk about this anymore because you're not listening to me and what mm-hmm. I am telling you I need. So the reason why I like my friend's oils is because I was telling her how stressed out I was one day. And she goes, okay, I'm going to send you this oil, this oil, and this oil. This one's going to help you calm down. This one's going to help you like be creative. This one, like she met me at my need. And so I was mm. all about it. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the first things is focusing on the product instead of the person's a big mistake. Love that. Absolutely. So what's another mistake that you see people in direct sales doing when, when networking? So another mistake is kind of similar and that is having a me first mentality, which is that kind of targeted thing where you walk into a room and you're like, okay, who here is going to be my perfect client? Who here can I talk to about my thing? Who's going to be on, on board with this? And that's really like, that's really like a me focused, like an I focused way to approach a situation. Mm-hmm. As a first, as opposed to having a give first mentality, like how can I be generous? How can I support other people? And really for you who are in direct sales, who are listening right now, it doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to mean that you're giving away free samples. Like it doesn't have to look like that. It could just be giving resources that people need. Let's say you're mm-hmm. talking to someone and they're telling you how they can't sleep because they have a newborn at home and they haven't slept in weeks and they think they're going crazy. And let's say you've been through that journey. And you have like this great book that helps them get their infants to sleep, then recommend that resource and send them a link right then and there while you're talking, you know, or, or they say like they're whatever, like just listening to what people are, what people need and meeting them there, whether that has anything to do with your product or not, but having a give first mentality makes such a big difference because people don't always remember what you say or what you did, but they always remember how you make them feel. And if people relate you to feeling good, and you to someone who actually cares about them, then they're going to be really open to whatever you have to say about what you're selling. And not only that, they're going to tell other people, even if it's something they don't even like or want, they will tell other people to buy from you because they like you. And that's really the focus here. Oh, amen. Yes, 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 yes. We are not selling. People do not buy products. They buy you. Mm -hmm. They don't buy it because let's be honest. Anything and everything that is being sold by a direct sales or network marketing company, you can find somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yep. You are selling you, not oils, jewelry, kitchen products, candles, clothing, hair products, whatever. Like you are selling you and people are buying you. Absolutely. And that's, that's why people are going to buy from you versus someone else. Not because your products are superior. Even if you believe your products are superior, no one else really believes that (laughs) (laughs) you may truly believe that no one else believes that, but if they like you, they're just going to say, well, well, I'm in the market for this thing. 
and I know my friend sells it. I'll just buy it from my friend. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I know there's, cause you know, we have the pre-interview conversation. There's one more thing that, that you say is a really big mistake for people in direct sales. And I, I see this happen all the time. So what's the third big mistake? So the third big mistake is again, similar to the other two, but it's when you're looking for clients everywhere, instead of looking for partners, looking for clients, instead of looking for partners, that's a little bit counterintuitive because you're thinking, well, I need to sell my thing. So I need people who want to buy my thing. That's kind of true. But imagine going into a room of like a thousand people and hunting and pecking and finding 10 new customers or clients. That would be amazing. But wouldn't it be even better if you found 10 partners who could each introduce you to 10 more customers or clients? Like now you're getting exponentially better results because you're no longer being a lone wolf, but you're branching out and you're creating a network on purpose. So Jenny, you had this great example of of that earlier that I would love for you to share again about the photographer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was working with some people in the world of networking. Surprise, surprise. Jenny was networking. (laughs) And I heard about a photographer partnering with a personal trainer. And what they were doing was they decided to get together to say, okay, how can we help people be more accountable and actually finish the the personal training package that they've purchased, right? Well, what if we did before and after photos, right? So now the personal trainer was including professional before and after photos. So you got a great photo of yourself beforehand and you got a great, even better photo of yourself after looking healthy, toned and fit, Mm -hmm. right? Or at least more so than you were when you started as long as you did all of the personal training sessions, (laughs) right? And so what this ended up doing was it introduced a bunch of people to the photographer who also had daughters that were getting married and some of them had family photos taken. And so they needed a photographer for that. They had kids who were seniors in high school who needed senior photos taken. So now all these people who didn't even know this photographer existed now because they got their pictures with her because of the trainer, the photographer met more people, Mm -hmm. right? And, and then as a bonus, the photographer, the personal trainer is getting their people actually finishing yeah. the sessions. And the photographer was showing when the program was done, was showing before and after photos saying, oh my gosh, check out these photos of all these people I took in this program I did with this personal trainer. Guess how many people sign up for the next round? A lot. Yeah. More people because <laughs> now the photographer was showing, I know a personal trainer who gets these kinds of results. Look at all these pictures I took of, of, of this person's clients before and after. And everybody wanted that after experience. So now they went into it going, I'm going to work with that trainer and I'm going to get my picture taken by that photographer. And it created this amazing partnership that built growth of both of their businesses over the course of a year, because then they got more clients because then all of a sudden, all of the, all the personal training clients were also sharing their before and after pictures. Mm -hmm. And so then they were getting, you know, training and photography clients from that. So it's this huge, wonderful three-way networking thing that happened that helped build their business. Yeah. It's a total win, win, win. 
right? They both people in business win, but then also the the clients, the customers, they also win. And this is the same thing that you can do with your direct sales for anyone who's listening. Now you may have to kind of be creative and you also have to look at the the bylaws and everything for the the company that you're working for, but yeah. But ultimately, there's some way that this can work. There is a way. There's yeah. always a way that this can work. Absolutely. Every business, every business should have referral partners, right? I really believe that this is a a super important thing for people to understand is that when you network in this way, what ends up happening is you're getting third-party validation before the people even meet you as a human being, right? Mm -hmm. Because from your friends and family or from your referral partner, right? And they're referring you And what's interesting that I've learned through some of the research I've been doing is business to business referrals close at a higher rate than even referrals from friends to family. Wow. So B2B referrals close at a higher rate because typically what has happened is they're, they're asking, uh, you know, or someone that you've done business with. So let's say it's one of your clients, right? Mm -hmm. Says, hey, I could really use some help with sales. How do I do that? And then you go, oh, well, Jenny Bellinger is a sales coach. She can help you with that, right? So now someone who already trusted you to hire you now all of a sudden goes, oh, okay. And then they go to me, right? They're, mm-hmm. th- that, so it's, it's, a, it's a much even closer relation because this is someone who already trusted you with their money, which in you know, psychology terms, they trusted you with their security. Money is security for people, right? Mm -hmm, So if they've already invested in you and you're saying, hey, you should, you should really think about going and doing business with this other person, business to business referrals close at a higher rate than friends and family. That's amazing. I actually did not know that statistic, but it (laughs) makes sense, right? Because your friends and family, it's a little different when when it's B2B, then you kind of know like they're legit. Right. But friends and family, you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to trust you, but that doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to buy it. It's kind of like when I think of my, my friends or family setting me up on a blind date. I'm like, uh, you know, I do like you guys. I do kind of trust your taste, but (laughs) 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 there there might still be some question marks there. But yeah, so I guess it does, it does make sense that B2B sales close faster because you trust them. Plus you also have that whole, like, you don't want to go to Yelp or go to Google or go to something else to like, look up all the reviews. If someone's like, oh, I use this person. They're great. You're like, fantastic. Done. No more decisions to be made. Purchase. Exactly. I've, I've already done business with them. I've already vetted them for you. Right. I've Mm -hmm. sent other clients their way. Right. So it's, it's this third party validation that really opens up their mind to being able to, to work with you. So the sales process is so much easier because now they're they're like okay as long as you don't ins- you know open mouth insert foot during the course of the conversation <laughs> you probably are going to get business from this person right mm-hmm. so going into networking situations for the purpose of finding referral partners business partners people who you can say hey look how about you and i get to know each other so that way i when I want to have a list of people that when my friends and family and clients come to me and say, Hey, do you know someone who I can give them your name? Right. So having that list being that go-to is huge. So really thinking about getting those potential partners, because it's just like you said, going into a room of a thousand, getting 10 clients, that's pretty good. 
But going into a room, getting 10 referral partners who each can, over the course of the next year, get you 10 people each, you've just increased your business by 100 customers. With the same amount of effort. This is a no-brainer. <laughs> now, we're not networking in rooms of 1,000. Hell, we're not even networking in rooms of 10 to 50 right now given that we're recording this in the middle of COVID. So one of the things that I'm sure that the listener is thinking right now is, well, yeah, that's great, except I can't network. Except- Right, in person. Yeah, except Sharice, have we ever met in person? We have never met in person, no. not yet. <laughs> no. Oh, it will happen, right? When it's safe, it will happen. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. you and I have never met in person, but we have met through networking virtually. So what are some of the ways you recommend that people can begin to network virtually to build their list of connections? That is a great question. I think one of the most powerful things you can do is go to a live event, me meaning a virtual event, but that's live, you know, uh -huh. um, that is, I mean, that's true if it's a live event in person in like pre and post COVID times, but also you know, meeting people in real time and going through something together is just really, really powerful. A lot of times people will say, join um, Facebook groups full of your potential audience. If it's a really active Facebook group, I totally agree. If it's a forum, you know, feel free to jump onto forums and participate in the discussion, answer questions, stuff like that. But I think a really like the most powerful piece would be to do a live event. So if there's a big enough event coming up that could have your potential partners, ideal partners there, then a lot of times those, those events also have like a Facebook group or a Slack group or some kind of social media component to it. I mm -hmm. would highly recommend going to live events and jumping into those social media groups and really participating and playing full out, play full out during the actual event and play full out afterwards for a couple of weeks while they, you know, everybody's kind of wrapping up and exchanging details. I think that's like, it's really powerful for people to be able to see your face and hear your voice and see your passion. And, and I know for me, I do not come across well on written paper. Like it doesn't look like me. It just doesn't come across, <laughs> right? Like you read it and you're just like, okay, but um, meeting me is a whole different story. So I think it's a really powerful way to, to find connection with people is to be face to face, even virtually. That's like really powerful. Plus you're committing to a shorter amount of time. If it's about joining a Facebook group and then just like participating in it forever, it's a little hard to maintain enthusiasm and it's a little hard to maintain presence and to constantly be there unless you're always on social media anyways. But that being said, if you are someone who's always on social media, like let's say you're just totally addicted to Facebook and you never hang up that thing like me, for example, um, yeah. then in that case, you definitely want to get into a Facebook group that's super active and just be very, very present. And by present, I don't mean spamming them and telling them how great your stuff is because that's really annoying. But I mean, going and participating, like commenting on people's stuff, liking people's stuff, answering people's questions, asking questions, like mm -hmm. just like a normal person would, you know, just go in and participate. And the more discussion you can generate, the better because it helps the whole group. If the Absolutely. whole group can get help from you. Yeah. It helps everybody. So, so not so much coming in and being like, Hey, everybody check out my webinar. Like nobody cares about that. Um, <laughs> at least not, not until they actually like you. No one cares about that. Right. Um, but if it's like, Hey guys, d d I have a question about blah, 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 and make it a sincere, genuine question that you think can get a lot of discussion. Then that's like so valuable. One of the things that I usually do on my personal page is I will ask a question and I will say, say it with a GIF. Oh, yeah. I just did that this morning. I said, how was your weekend? Say it with a GIF. 
And I get like a million comments because whenever people are commenting on social media, whenever someone's leaving a comment, they want to increase their status. They basically, they want to be seen. They want to be heard. Um, they want to look smart or clever or funny or something like that. Like that's, that's like the dopamine hit we get from participating in social media. Yep. So you want to create an environment that allows them to do that, that allows them to look like smart or funny or, you know, whatever, giving you advice on things. If you come into a group and you're the one giving advice all the time, like all the time, it's like the opposite. It doesn't make anybody else look smart or funny or clever or anything. It just makes you look good. And nobody cares about that, right? Mm -hmm. Like nobody cares about making you look good. So those would, those would be my tips is to go to live events if possible and playful out for that short period of time. Or if you're addicted to social media, be more strategic with your social media. And that may look like you stop following a lot of people who have nothing to do with, with helping you with your business. That, that may be what it looks like for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many live events that are happening virtually Mm -hmm. right now. I mean, you know, every networking group that is out there for businesses to participate in have pretty much gone virtual. So, you know, looking into uh, BNI as an option, looking into other networking groups. I know there's something out there called team and NTI and, oh my gosh, what are some other ones? There's one called big. I mean, there's so many different networking options. And especially for those of, for, for your, for the listener who is in direct sales, a really big one for direct sales is something called polka dot powerhouse, which is a great name, (laughs) right? And it was, it's, it, it's, 40 to 45% at any given time, their uh, membership are women in direct sales. So they are very direct sales friendly, which is nice because I know in some of the more traditional business oriented networking communities, they can sometimes be a little tough. Mm-hmm. On oh, I was going to say snobby, sales. but yeah. yeah, let's say tough, <laughs> tough, snobby. Those, I, they, they are true. I mean, it's, it's certainly true. I experienced that. I, I experienced that myself in my very first chapter that I was ever a member of. Um, I had somebody who would not have a one-to-one with me. And so finally I was like, the only way I'm going to get this person's attention is if I give them so many referrals that they can't ignore me. And so I intentionally spent like the next four weeks digging in my network for referrals for this person and sent this person so many people that they came up to me during one of our chapter meetings. And they were like, in the last month, you've sent me more referrals. You personally have sent me more referrals than the entire chapter in the last six months. Wow. How, how did you do that? And I said, well, um, I'm in two or three new homes every single week. I'm probably your best referral source. So can we have a one-to-one now? <laughs> wow. He Look thought at that. He, he thought because I was a direct salesperson, I couldn't possibly have a referral for what he did. Right. That involved but it's the like decision the makers. Yeah. The, 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 what he hadn't considered was that there were the people I work with are the people that he works with, the decision makers of the house, which more than half the time are the women of the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. I am in their houses, drinking their wine, selling to their friends two or three times a week. So you are an influencer <laughs> right there, right? Right. That is I'm, influence. <laughs> I'm literally in front of a bunch of women going, oh yeah, mortgage rates suck right now. Do, 
you know what? I know the vice president of such and such mortgage company. Would you like me to have her call you? Would you really? Oh yeah. You guys could talk about refinancing. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you know what? Like I became the problem solver pretty much right after every party. Cause people are like, Hey, do you have someone who fixes auto glass? Do you have someone who does this? Do you like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so networking virtually, you know, it can be done. You've just got to be ready and willing to go do that and look into what your options are for that. But I mean, I can tell you Polkadot Powerhouse has many chapters that are completely virtual and have been since pre-COVID because they were opening chapters in as many states as they could. But if there were people who wanted to join, but they didn't have a chapter near them, they said, okay, well, let's just do it. Can you, can you sell to anyone anywhere? Yep. All right. So they have online virtual chapters for people who can sell to anyone anywhere. And the purpose is for them to get together and figure out how can we work together to build everybody's business in this group. And that is so powerful, right? That is so, that's the opposite of now I've joined this company. Let me go sell to the five friends that I have and my mom, and then I'm done. Or, you know, let me go into room after room after room, trying to spot the perfect client and convince them or whatever, whatever kinds of things we tend to think of. And I'm speaking more to someone who's like maybe brand new because right. that's usually what goes through your head is like, oh my gosh, where am I going to start? And then that's where you start. And this, this model of really growing your network and focusing on creating a community Mm -hmm. that can really support you that you can also support is this is the fast way like it's so much easier and it's more fun this way and there's not all that pressure um yeah i i love i love that there are organizations like that that are already kind of plug and play they already exist yeah, absolutely and what's nice again is that they they have the belief in this business model they aren't snobby about it now not to say there aren't individual members of chapters of various networking or organizations who aren't mm -hmm. still going to have that that sense with some people but for the most part what's nice is when you have an organization that as a whole supports it right is a is right. a big and understands that it model. i think that's yeah. important too that Absolutely. they understand and support this business model that's the environment you want to be in so that you're not fighting an uphill battle when you're looking yeah. for partners Exactly. It's, it's already hard enough. Don't make it harder on yourself. <laughs> Get yes. with a group that believes in who you are and what you do. Right. So I could pick your brain on networking forever. Right. And so we're probably going to have to do another one of these episodes later and, and do the, the networking 201 <laughs> interview to take it just a little bit deeper. Right. Mm -hmm. But until then, I know you have a giveaway for the listener. Can you tell us a little, a little bit more about your 10 tips for connecting with influencers? Yes. So this is a resource that has 10 tips plus a few bonus tips about connecting with influencers. And by influencers, I'm not talking about a celebrity with a big Instagram following. I'm specifically talking about somebody who has influence with your ideal clients or customers, right? These people we're trying to partner with, right? So instead of influencers, I could say potential partners. Right. Um, but these tips are for how to reach out to those potential partners who do have a lot of influence. So if it's someone who you know, who you're kind of close with, it's a lot easier because mm -hmm. you can just reach out to them directly. But if it's someone that you don't know that you admire, maybe someone whose email list you're on, you know, like you've see, you see the stuff that they're doing in their company or their business or what have you, but you personally don't necessarily know them. These are some tips for getting on their radar and starting to build that relationship so that you can have those, those other people who maybe have a, a larger sphere of influence than you do get to know, like, and trust you so they can become those referral partners for you. 
and share you to their audience. I love it. Yes, exactly. Because again, that's what networking's all about. So how can they access this, this freebie for them? So to get your hands on the 10 tips for connecting with influencers, you can go to my website, go to jvjoy.com slash 10 tips. So that's JV as in joint venture, because I'm all about partnerships and joint ventures. And then the 10 is the number 10. So I'm going to say it one more time, jvjoy.com slash 10 tips. I love it. And listener, just so you know, I've got the link in the show notes. uh, So you guys can just literally pick up your phone, scroll through the episode till you see the show notes, and then you'll see that link right there. It'll probably be near the bottom with all her contact information. And then if somebody wants to reach out to you just to get some more information about who you are and what you do and how you can help them through networking, how would you like them to reach out to you? Probably the easiest way to do that is to go to jvjoy.com and then hit the little contact form, the little, the little, uh, yeah, the little contact form. And then you can shoot me an email. It goes directly to me. I read all of my emails. Um, and the email address is care at sharicealexander.com, but Sharice is very hard to spell. So (laughs) (laughs) trust me, I've been doing it my whole life and it's freaking tricky. There's a lot of E's going on in there. And if you miss one, I will not get the email. So I highly recommend you go to jvjoy.com hit the, the um, contact button and you can go ahead and leave me a message and shoot me an email and I can get right back to you. That is awesome. I, I don't think your name is all that hard to spell. It is a lot of ease, but it makes perfect sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> so as long as people can remember, sh- there are no other vowels, just, just ease. <laughs> no other vowels, no A, no I, those are not there. <laughs> no, it's just, it's a lot of ease and that's okay. So thank you so much because this is incredibly valuable information and people need it now more than ever, especially with how to network virtually. And by golly, that is a whole, like I said, that in and of itself is a whole other networking (laughs) 201 level class. Definitely. (laughs) For the networking professor. Uh, my God, there we go. That's a good name for you. That is actually a really good name. (laughs) I like that a lot. I like that better than the networking coach. I might, I might actually steal that from this podcast on. (laughs) Go for it. You can have it. I, I love it because you are a professor. And so it just makes sense. The networking professor. So anyway, yeah, we, we, we could go on and talk about this forever because we both obviously are passionate about networking because that's how we met. And now we're like long distance besties and I so mm-hmm. cannot wait to meet you in person. <laughs> Me neither. Is- and I can't wait to have you on my podcast. Oh my gosh. Oh yes. Listen on both of my podcasts actually. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> so we have to tell them your first podcast uh-huh. is the TNG podcast. Mm-hmm. Ah. Okay. <laughs> if we have to explain to you what TNG is, you're probably not a fan. Okay. Yeah. The, well, the, I mean, I, I will say it's Star Trek. We do need yes. that part. Cause if you okay. just, cause they can't see it right now. Yeah, that's true. So it is a Star Trek based podcast, but TNG, it's my favorite version of all the Star Treks. So, <laughs> so when I found out she was doing the TNG podcast, I found out about it before I ever met you in person. I was like, who is this person? I need to meet her. And Virginia was like, yeah, you totally do. You two are going to be like peas in a pod. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, and she was totally. so right. She was so right. She was so right. <laughs> so, and our beloved Jenny is going to be a guest on our TNG podcast, geeking out with us yes. about Counselor Troy. It's going to be fun. Oh, she's my favorite. I would, I just, 
Oh, I love Which that. Which I love because we just do not, I mean, she just does not get enough play in our show, in no. the show. And so we ha- we don't have a lot of love for her in season one. And no. so, um, but yeah. she becomes amazing, right? But in season one, she's like useless. So yes. we're so excited to have you come and just like show her some love for a change. Well, and it's, it, it's great because one of the things I didn't realize about myself, because I didn't realize that being an empath was an actual thing. Mm. Now, now the way they portray empaths on the show is, you know, a little hard to believe for most people, uh, you know, that they can literally read minds and, mm-hmm. and, 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 but right. empaths do exist. And what I have found out is that I am a little bit of one, which is, which was a big eye opener. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, well, that's a, what, how, do, how does that work? Like, what do you mean? But it explains a lot why there are some people that I cannot be around. Mm-hmm. Right. Because whenever I'm around them, I'm like, oh, uh, oh, the, the, the whole world you just feel it dark. Right. Or the whole world just like, I feel like it's crushing. What is going on? And it's only when I'm around this one person, what the hell? And then I found out about empath. I'm like, oh, their energy is so just so negative that my positivity is like, can't hold it out. <laughs> wow. You know, uh-huh. I was like, oh God. Anyway, but we've gone off digress yet again. (laughs) I I think that's just going to be our lot in life as friends. But anyway, so thank you so much for sharing this on the show. We are going to have you back because this is something that, that just needs to be revisited and people need to be reminded of it again and again and again, and how to get better and better and better at it each and every time they go out into the networking world. So thank you for sharing your expertise and your time. And I cannot wait to, to hang out with you again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor and yeah, I've loved every second of it. So, (laughs) so yay. We have lots of fun. All righty. Well, Hey guys, get ready because here comes another badass episode. Thanks for listening to the badass direct sales mastery podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.